in my pajamas bro i got my uh my toker toker poker here um i shouldn't say that this is like uh this is uncle jim's toker or poker i should say the one from the uh cannabis cup and the throwdown what do they call token token pokers what does he call those things he's got a cool name for those jr and uncle jim do i like that token pokers uh, regardless, though, guys, we've got more grow, grow Talk coming today. Let's get into it right away. This is a pretty cool one here. These are all put up on DudeGrows.com, by the way, guys, by you, you listeners, you supporters over under Growing in Questions. I appreciate it. I love going over there and picking them for the show, so make sure you get your own questions up. Yeah. Tincture Taste from Grat420. What up, DGC? Thanks, first off, for airing my question regarding DJ Shorts Blueberry. Of course, sir. Yes. what it's all about. I've been growing a strain called Point Break. Yeah, man, I love it. Top list, top 10 movies. Ah, <laughs> That's a good one. That is a good one, I'll say. From Seeds of Compassion. It's a CBD strain I picked up from my wife due to her symptoms from lupus. Ah. She does not smoke, so I've been making a tincture using coconut oil or MCT oil and sunflower um, lectin. I believe that's how you say that. I make the tincture on the electric stovetop that I can tr- control the temp as well as using a vacuum pump to help get everything out. The main complaint I've had is its taste. I've addressed that issue with putting the oil in capsules. However, so you basically want to you know, just take it in a capsule and swallow it, a little bit of an extra step. Um, I would like to taste, I would like it to taste good as well. Being in Prohibition land and the good old volunteer state. All right, who's the volunteer state? Quiz. Tennessee. Is it really? Yes, sir. I don't have access to concentrates. Would getting terpenes help cause, uh, help cause this, or would help the cause due to the heat of making the oil, all the terps evaporated off. He's certainly trying to say back, right? Yeah, if if he's trying to say his tincture oil tastes terrible, and that is the same complaint I tried to give my mother-in-law some. She's got really bad arthritis in her hand. And I was like, you have to take this CBD tincture, but you have to take it every day for a few weeks until it's going to start working. And she was like, ooh, but the taste, it's gross. What do I do? I put it under my tongue, you know, and she's all weirded out about it. So it's just so foreign to some people. I'm going to strictly rely on the crew because there's some cool shit here in the comments, guys. Uh, Rico, Rico X, Rico, Rico X. Right. Um, he goes, yes, the heat is degrading to the terpenes. Getting the terpene blend would certainly help the taste. I've tried true terpenes brand and cartridges and like them. Um, I had a friend also that was rolling up uh, CBDJs, and he didn't like the taste of the CBD. Some CBD flour can be not so tasty depending sure. on how it was sourced whatever. So he just added some terps back like there's companies that sell – and this, what is terpenes? Is that just a fancy way of like a natural, I don't want to say flavoring, but yeah. there's nothing unnatural yeah, about it, right? Yeah, that's, that's the flavors. That's the, what do they call them, flavonoids and what, what else? But that's the, that's like a... Yeah, but they're only going to mask that cooked weed taste so much. Yeah, uh, the, the main, there, some there's peppermint some, oil or there's something. There's some stuff you can do to mitigate the really strong cannabis taste in your, uh, like a, your oils that you're infusing this into. Right. Um, the number one thing is to try and minimize the amount of plant material that you're actually putting in, uh, to make your coconut oil. It's still going to taste like weed, but, uh, without having really good concentrates. Are you going to tell us to make hash and then make oil? No, I'm I'm just going to tell him to get a 220 micron bag and shake out some keef and then just infuse the keef into the coconut oil instead of, uh, trying to do it with all the plant material. Along with the keef that you were, would have shaken off. Well, I like the, 
Tell me what you think about this KISS method, I'll call it. Keep it simple, stupid, from sure. Nunny of Biz. I was going to say, you can't I, get any simpler than this guy right here. This is awesome. I, pers- I love it. I personally just gave up making oil and tinctures. I started thinking, why the hell do I need to separate the oil from the plant? No matter what process you use, you're going to lose all oil. You're going to lose oil and terpenes. So now my wife and I just decarb- decarboxylate about 7 to 10 grams. That means they're going to put it in uh, however they do it in the oven. What is it, 220 or something yep. about? you got to basically decarboxylate it sure. so you can get high. Yes. Um, you're activating goes, that THCA. He goes, so my wife and I decarboxylate it now about 7 to 10 grams at a time and just crumble it on a cracker with peanut butter or sprinkle it in whatever dish we're having, et cetera. There's really no taste at all, but most importantly, I'm not losing oil and terpenes. I think the only reason I would bother with extracts again would be if one of us got cancer and needed to make a more potent suppository. Well, hang on a I second. Didn't, By decarboxylating at 220 degrees, aren't you losing terpenes though? Because I, I know when, when we're doing, you know, that's the reason you do things at a vacuum is so that you are able to preserve the terpenes. Well, yeah, but uh, but uh, decarboxylation isn't going to happen in a vacuum either. Uh, just inherently, in decarbing weed, you're going to lose terpenes. That's what I would think. Yeah. Like always. No, the, like to have no, decarbed weed, it's, it's not going to you, – you're going to have to reconstitute it with terpenes mm. or just not have the terpene flavor and try and uh, – in what you cook it in – you can try and cover the taste certain sure. ways uh, with different things. Sour stuff yeah. covers the weed taste really well. Yeah, have yeah, you thought about Biz doesn't care. He's he's adding it back to just food. Like yeah. he's putting it whatever. He's going to sprinkle up. Well, some- yeah, but the the original question is someone is trying to find a way to uh, make their tincture a little bit tastier. Spread it on terpene flavored crackers. But really, it, it's uh, the main thing I'm trying to say is that it sounds like he was just a. Uh, Using like a magical butter machine and putting ground up flour sure. in there with his coconut oil and straining it off. Remove the step that has all that plant material in there. Make keef first and then infuse the keef into there just it's so true. you minimize that plant material. The foul taste from, uh, from like cannabis ed- edibles is from the plant material and some chlorophyll mm-hmm. being in there. Ideally, you have like a golden coconut oil mm-hmm. uh, when you're done as opposed golden. to a, like a green-hued one or green – like uh, yeah. I know you guys have seen edible butter mm-hmm. where it's just almost almost completely green. green. And well, let me check the hue here on how gross, gross gonna, oil. how it's not going to taste that good. If you uh, are doing it with keef – it's not going to be near as green or have near as much plant material in there. Excellent. And then even another step, strain it after you've you've done the whole infusion, decarbed it all. Go ahead and strain it first. So any leftover plant material, like with a carb, with a coffee filter, you'll get that out of there. Well, well why not put some get. essential oils in there as well? Lavender oil or peppermint can cover it up really well. Yeah, I, I mean, know. yeah, no, no problem with doing that. I'm just a bit of a purist when it comes to my teachers. <laughs> Gross, gross, thanks for the recipe yourself. He put a recipe in here, and what I'm holding in my hand, he sent out um, uh, using an avocado and a coconut oil, a real simple method anybody can do at home. But he ends his comments by saying, at none of biz, he goes, so true, the whole plant is best. We add it to stuffing and chicken. <laughs> Leaves are great salad toppings. Uh, 0.3, what is this? 0.3 PF a gram on homemade pizza is awesome. What is that rating? 0.3. I don't know. <laughs> I love I, it on yeah, homemade yeah. pizza. Don't, don't you think that that would, you know how like uh, you picture oregano and Italian cooking, but using the decarbed 
cannabis, Scotty, on some of like your pizzas would be a, a good move. I don't think it would be a flavor that would be negative or it I might, I think it might have come. My idea was a THC and cannabis infused olive oil. All you got to do is drizzle it on the pizza when you're done. Yeah, I fucked up though because I made breakfast a couple days. It was uh, months ago at this point, a couple months ago. I think I told you guys about this. I had that CBD oil and I put it all over some, uh, it was like biscuits and, and fruit was all over the top of it, strawberries, and covered it with a little bit of the CBD honey. Not really covered just drizzled a little bit of CBD honey on there and you could taste it. Everybody was like, oh, there's weed in here, huh? Okay, I can't eat that. Yeah, like it was really It depends. Strong. Yeah, you've had, we've all had those brownies or the strong cookie. You're like, yeah, that doesn't taste so much like a chocolate chip cookie. Anymore. Right. I mean, in, in all honesty, my goal with edibles, I'm hoping that they're that strong and my goal is to just chew it into as many little pieces as possible, as fast as possible and swallow it. <laughs> I don't know, man. There's that one couple, like the high couple or something on, it was on uh, High Times TV where they ate like a five, I think it was like they split like a 5,000 milligram bar, something yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. And they could barely even eat it. It was so like, and then after the fact, they, cause they're like you grew, you know, pro stoner, if you will. And, uh, like, yeah, we can handle it in the middle of it. They're like, we you do call not. call me a professional rec- stoner or a, yeah. Pro yeah. stoner. Yeah, okay. I'll take that. <laughs> I'll take it. I like that. I like high-functioning stoner a little bit more. I like that play on words just a little bit, but I'll go with pro. Yeah, I'll get professional stoner for my business card. I'll take it. <laughs> but uh, anyway, good conversation there, guys. Appreciate the commentations. Yes. All right, so I'm going to shout out to Mammoth Microbes, dude. Mammoth Microbes is all over the place. we got Colin, Dr. Colin Bell in studio soon. They're going to be out in the Lemon Haze Cannabis Convention in Tacoma, Washington. Uh, October 25th, they're nice. going to be at the Sustainability Symposium in Denver, October 26th. That's you guys Friday. are going. Uh, they're going to be happens. at the Dope Cup in Portland, Oregon, October 28th. I'm just looking at the flash pair on their site, and they're going to be at Canatech in Sydney, Australia, October 28th and 30th. They're all over the damn place. Jesus, man. Um, man I oh, they'll be at the first there. commercial cannabis conference and expo in Detroit, October 31st. So good times when these cats... Keep it real, and they're spreading the knowledge like Scotty does on getting just microbes, man. Not just mammoth pee. Let's not forget about all these microbes and the good they can do. Yes. So what I was going to try to say is, I will be at an agricultural and microbe symposium this afternoon, about four in the afternoon, and I wonder I'd be willing to bet I'll run into Doctor Colin Bell there if he's on this. No, continent, I think he's in will. Europe or something. He's always somewhere in the world. Really? So. All right. I'll run into his. What is your, What is the, uh, the? Where is that at? Uh, it's at uh, CSU, the Lori Center in CSU, Colorado State University. What the hell does University. symposium mean exactly? I don't know, man. I don't it's know. It's a fancy way of saying it's eating or expo. Yeah, expo. A girl's going to talk about microbes and agriculture. All right. Get some good notes. Listen. Yeah, I'm going to listen. <laughs> don't forget to IG that shit, bro. Oh, yeah. All right. Live stream it. So getting into lighting setup here, man. Lighting yes. setup. Yes. My comparison here is like when three guys hang out and talk about like what's the what's the best car to get or what's the best four by four, man. There's a lot of options these days. Sure LED is. lighting has come a long way and it's kick ass. There's a lot of good options. But you got to stick with the companies that got integrity, all right? <laughs> That's exactly right. You do have to stick with companies that where you call them up and you say, hey, this thing ain't working. They say, all right, I'll ship you out a new one with a label. You yeah, know, in Colorado, we, we call that integrity. <laughs> all right, this ideal lighting setup from Chem Dizzle. All right. This is Joe Scotty, dude, Guru. Thank you for all the great shows. You are welcome. I listen every day. Yes, I'm slowly, but surely, emphasis on slowly, <laughs> working on the home grow I've always wanted. 
but I need a lighting option, opinion. I, I says, I'm currently trying out the HLG 550 in the Spectrum King 602. He says he got that DGC hookup right now, which is coupon code DUDE12 hey, over there. Second. I just want to time out both those are excellent lights, man. Those are, I mean, you're starting with some great lights right there. He goes, after, after years of HPS, this is my first time running LED, and I'm just about to flip this weekend and do a side-by-side -side comparison of those two fixtures. Mm -hmm. Keep us in the loop, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so before I dive in with all one company's lighting, I want to ask Guru or Guru's brother. No, you can ask Guru. And the rest of the DGC, what lights would you build a room around if you were building your dream 10-lighter? He's got about 200 square foot of canopy, allegedly, because this is a dream scenario. Cost is not a problem. Don't let that factor in. I've so, looked at Fluence's newest. Go ahead. No, we just want to say, so that's a 20 by 10 room if I'm just trying to make a simple simple math and making a rectangle oh. out of it. You paint the picture. Uh, <laughs> since I looked into Fluence's newest <laughs> Spider 2P or the ProGrowTex Evolved EV700, as well as the two Whoa. fixtures I already have, after a lot of research, these seem to be the best four LED fixtures on the market for truly replacing DEs or minimally 1,000-watt single-edit bulbs and not having to build the fixture yourself. I want to know if any one of these fixtures provide the optimal spectrum range for flowering or if mixed lighting would be the best way to go. So if you choose your workhorse main fixture, what would you set up with? All these fixtures and names seem to be about equally efficient with slight variations in wattage and spectrum. Please let me know what y'all think. I'm not about a new. I'm not a new product whore. Just a nerd that wants to be get the, wants the best of the best. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Keep them, them shows coming. I agree with him, man. I don't want to get in a, a conversation here about you know when somebody's like, oh, that that Lamborghini's a half second faster zero sure. sixty, bro. Because some of this shit comes down to the they'll say the driver. Some of this shit comes down to the grower. But but so Guru, you were, set you were straight, just, Guru. What we you were just bullshitting earlier, and he goes, Scott, don't ever buy a computer without me. He goes, anytime you want to be at, buy a PC, <laughs> let me just build you one, okay? Because he's looking at the specs. I bought one at Walmart one time, and <laughs> he'll never let me forget it. But he was just could look at the specs, and he could tell me what that computer was going to do. That was going to be a total hunk of shit. Or the, the, the a three hundred dollar Dell computer really is like. A hundred dollar or fifty dollars in parts and a hundred dollars for the Windows license, and then they make make them. Okay, so my point is, what are the specs when you look at a light that you can be looking for to size up a light? When when you look on the box or what on the website, what are the specs that you're looking for on an LED light to understand its efficiency? I you're guess really you're really looking at the UMOS per joule, which can be converted into PPF per watt. Which okay, is that, See, I that's, looked at none of this, but that go is ahead. that's that's, that's your efficiency of that light. But when you're Looking at the high end on LEDs right. and money's not an issue for you, uh, that number is really not an issue. They're all right around 2.5 umoles a joule. Okay, so uh, there's certain things at that high end that you're kind of expecting from your light and that you're going to want to have some people that are spending that much that much money want the absolute uh, bleeding edge and efficiency. Some people are paying that much more to have more control over their lighting environment in their room Okay, uh, to where – they have independent controls on your reds, your blues, the two different types of reds and blues that are supplemented. Now, your, is that just a grower preference or a grower's yeah. advantage? Because the Spectrum King Spectrum is not adjustable. It's dimmable, 
on the, some of the models, but it's not adjustable. And me as a grower, I mean, I've never seen the need to do that with their lights. Um, I mean, that's more like a grower's choice, Guru, or you see that being a true advantage. Like well, you're really going to play it with can it. can definitely, if you have everything dialed in, that can be a true advantage because not only through uh, topping and training of the plant, can right. you control the, the shape of that plant? Sure. Uh, with your light spectrum, you can control the plant morphology, which is how that shape, the plant is hormonally shaped. I don't think itself. you should say you can control it. You can guide it. You can help guide it. Like, uh, <laughs> Bringing down your reds and having higher blues in right. uh, veg is kind of the same as having a metal halide in veg and a, sure. an HPS in flowering where you're getting that blue blue light in vegetative growth uh, keeps your internodal distances shorter. So you're going to have your buds stacked higher um, and you just have a lot more control over the lighting environment the plant's in. And if you're uh, just a, a grow nerd and you want to keep track and do some studies on using different lights at late, uh, different lighting combinations late into flower. Right. You have that option and that type of control. That's something that I think the pro grow tech has, and you're able to do with it. Uh, the fluences, I don't believe so, but almost all of these, these lights now are using the same Samsung diodes. So it really just depends on how much control over your lighting environment you want to have. I'd rather just plug something in, know that it was tested at an optimum spectrum, and, and let it work for me. So I, I mean, that's what I do. And then I go yeah. with – it's whatever. I guess I don't know if you call it anecdotal. Like I have this uh, video link here, Guru. I don't know if you can show some of this. But I've been over to Ramos Garden, and you know, you've seen his style. He plants like – and I don't know if these are 20 or 25 gallons just straight like Rubbermaid trash cans. Plants are truly like the size of some outdoor plant. They get huge. Like right. they're – Big ass plants. SK is mounted. SK six hundred two is mounted to the ceiling. Don't move them up and down. It's just like DE style of going, growing commercial growers. You don't to move lights takes time, money, effort, all that. You know. So well, and, being able and when you're in a when you're in a bigger room like that, and you have once you you have more than one light. He says multiple sources of light. You've got to yeah, stop multiple coming. points of source. Inverse square law is not in effect. So. It really is. You just need to have the I mean, let's right. Let's explain that real quick, though, because that does. If you just have a, a one light coming from one point, then it diminishes, and then and then it gets a. There's you, no you o- there's no yeah. o- there's no overlap from having another point of source of light to where you could have a plant in the middle, not under either light, getting more light than under because it compounds. It compounds it, and yep. adds on each other. So really, when you start to get to multiple points like that, you. Are you're more looking at if they're evenly spaced? You're looking at the total amount of light that's falling on that room. Probably overall uh, is is what you're looking for. And yeah, just that that total PPF of the room is is really what's going to matter because you can basically assume if you have even multiple points of source that that light is getting distributed evenly. And you have to think about light in terms of it bounce. It doesn't just go straight down and it ends. It's going to continue to bounce around the room. So if you have enough PPF in that room to have the PPFD you want for the whole thing, sure. then you have enough light for that room. Your lights realistically can be pinned to the ceiling and you have enough light bouncing around in that room to have the the right the right levels to get the growth you're after. Yeah, and if you're planning it out like Spartan Grow and stuff here in the comments, I mean, he says, I dig on the HLGs because of they have a, a awesome customer service and a way to, if you have your room dimensions, um, they tell you how many lights you need in the positioning. Same as Spectrum King. Um, you can tell them what you got going on, what your plan is. They'll do a you know, room layout for you and everything else. And what I'm keying at here, as we said in the beginning, customer service, availability of replacement lights, parts, all that's important to your grow. Um, if your light's down, 
And especially when it's an expensive high-end light, right. you need to get that. I mean, you don't really have much. People don't have a backup. Sometimes I have a backup HID ballast sure. or whatever. Sure. But um, that's super important to make sure your company is going to take care of you. Just to explain how lighting in like a commercial greenhouse environment goes a little bit, it's, it's pretty cool. They'll have it set up to where they know that like a foot off the ground is 200 PPF. Or, or 200, just the amount of light that's falling there sure. is 200 PPF, where when you, the plant grows into more PPF as it grows up. So that you never change the levels of the light. The lights are set to the right place to where when they finish and they get to their full length, it's at full light intensity. So you, you don't have to move your lights around with veg and flower. You have the right, le- right light yep. levels in veg when it's just pinned to the ceiling, and then it grows into the right amount of light. I stopped moving my lights when I would do the 20 lighters. I would pin them to the ceiling. I would use a shitload of 1,000-watt light, and I'm sure it wasn't the most efficient thing in the world. But it, was, we, it was the most efficient for the time. Yeah, sure. we got great yields. Hey, uh, Guru, somebody was asking in the chat uh, a couple days ago. I think it was on uh, Wednesday or Tuesday or Wednesday's chat. They were asking about a lux meter, and they were asking about par meters, and then there was somebody was like, you can just get a lux meter on your phone, no problem. A lux meter is what people's eyes see, and then a par is what the plants see. Is that correct? It's skewed on like a parabolic scale for mm-hmm. the human eye, where yellow is the color we can see the strongest, sure. and then going out to red and green or red and blue we start to we can't see those as well um they work if you're just trying to judge light levels between all the same spectrum of light right uh if that variable is controlled you can kind of use them as just a rough guide on how how intense your light is yeah i used to use it as an intensity meter you know i mean so i'd be able to say oh you know what this light should be pulled over it can be pulled over another six inches and because of the overlap but as soon as you're using multiple spectrums of light Mm -hmm. uh you can't really use it to compare two lights at all right uh just because the way it it's skewed for that yellow light. It's just not going to make that possible. Gotcha. Meaning, you know, if you have a uh, HPS and metal halide lights together or something like that. Or an LED and an HPS, you Got couldn't it. use it to judge levels between the two. And some of them are going to have artificially higher or lower readings based on their spectrum, too. Got it. Got it. I don't know if we were any help or not, but it was fun talking to you guys anyhow. All right. If you enjoyed if you're sitting there saying, man, that was some good info. But with your dollars, man, SpectrumKingLED.com. Coupon code dude SK over there. We'll get you a hot deal on any of their lighting. Call them up, check them out, see what's what, see what you need for your grow. And uh, yeah, help the show. Now I'm rapping, yo. Yeah. So but, hey, I want to help sexing though. Yes, I need okay. To, sex. So sex away. Help sexing. Need help sexing is the next grow question here. Yeah, don't we all, brother? This is Lawson 99. And it goes three weeks in a flower, but the buds on this ACDC look nothing like the buds on my feminized blueberry and Jack H plants. Does this look like a female or a male to you? So what do you think, guys? Got a bunch of pictures here. It's kind of they're not That's at the a, right. I don't angle. see any. I don't see any balls on it. And I, I don't female to me. Yeah. I think it's yeah, some pistols coming out. Yeah, week, I don't see week three. Is that what he said? Yeah. I zoomed in mm. and can see early immature female pre-flowers. That's Jay Maestro. I never disagree with Jay Maestro, sir. What do you say? Premature what? Uh, a female flowers. I see no, what you would see on that. If it was a male, you would start seeing right at the you know the intersection of where the leaf, uh, where the bud is, is coming out. You would see little yep. balls, you know, uh, starting to, to to develop. And it's bud sacs that kind of stack on each other, or like ball sacs that stack on each other. Versus uh, with a female plant, you're going to have that single first pistil. 
that's going to grow into a bud, and it, it's it's going to be a pistol with a hair, right? Where the the bud is or the ball is just going to have no hair growing out of it. And if you look up a picture of female pre flowers, they want to throw up. They like almost always look like the the pistol with the hair coming out of it. So uh, yeah, I, I, the one thing though, grew you just I said this is three weeks in. These do look really. Uh, usually three weeks in, you're gonna have way more flowers yeah. going on than what you have going on. Well, so. no, and, and I mean just checking these internodal spacings of this, it seems like light levels are pretty low in the wherever, wherever this is. Yeah, it's very stretchy for how it's far it is. Mr. Picture Detective, but light is your energy you source. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, it just doesn't um, look like there's a lot of light there. I mean, take a look at the, that bud. That, but that hey, is, it's, that a, it's a female, and you're going to get some of the smoke out of it, but you should probably look into some higher-powered lights. Yeah, I, I agree. Give us more info on that. That does make me uh, slightly concerned. Light is your energy. Carbon's your food, man. I'm going to talk about my girl, yo. Yes, sir. Whoa. Let's talk about you. Enough about me. Let's talk about you, dude. Yes. Uh, what's going on in there, man? I was doing some transplanting last night. I got my ladies in. They are in. What are they in? They're not they're like in maybe a just below a half gallon container. Okay. Um, before I transplant them, I'm going to transplant them into some five gallon radical bags is the plan. And then also have uh, CO2. I'm getting myself uh, exhale CO2 bags. It's sending me their, their what is it called? Their XL CO2 bags. Somebody I was talking to, Scotty, in the industry was like, I don't know, aren't those snake oil? <laughs> like, dude, no. I mean, they, it's it's kind of science, actually. Isn't all that so, natural stuff, snake oil, man? Can I just have I, surgery? I want to see what, what it's going to what it's going to take to get my tent to the right levels. And if my tent, like I can't go to the point where I hang in enough exhale bags, like it's affecting the tent structure or something. <laughs> uh, but I want to see, I want to make it sustainable. I'm going to be really excited if I can, this will be the first time I've been off the tank, man. Right. In my whole crew career. Sure. Actually, I had a burner back in the day at one point, a four burner. Yeah, uh, I mean, but, and this is fungus, right? This mushrooms are you know, some kind of a fungus. Mm-hmm. So it is legitimately sustainable aside from the plastic bag you get. Uh, yeah, because it's a byproduct. It's sawdust is what they inoculate with the fungus, and then the fungus gets activated or the mycelium and, and goes off. But, yeah, other than the plastic bag it's in, so it's pretty cool. Nice. Uh, it's actually very cool. I'll keep everybody updated on that. And I did a lot of uh, other planting in there with citronella, some flowering vine. I'm getting kind of paranoid. I'm like, dude, you know when you do things like this, you're setting up. It's not as easy all the time for IPM right. potentially. Um, but I'm like, all right, take the challenge. I've already had spider mites on a tomato plant that's in my kitchen and no spider mites in my grow yet. Uh, but I always anticipate they're coming, but I was like, dude, I was talking to Potsy about it. I think I'm like, man, I was like, I got spider mites on my tomato. And he's like, you know what though? I haven't had spider mites like in four years. So I, you know, it's good to take the challenges sometimes. I have to start looking into the bennies, the Benny beasties. That's what you need to do. You need to set up an ecosystem in there. What we were talking about on yesterday's show about, uh, you know, having a place for all these bugs to live and hide. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm trying. I mean, I don't know about a full system. It's basically get the beneficials, put some on my tomato plant, put some in my grow, and then they should take care of everything, but then they're going to die because they have nothing to eat. Or any I mean, place to live. Give them a place to live and give them something to eat. Well, at that point, what do you want me to do? Bring in some more mites for them? Ain't <laughs> you got no fungus nests laying around? What the hell, man? Um, but I'll keep you all filled in. Update on Instagram as well. Dude Grows DGC. I'll be back up on there, guys. 
Uh, and other than that, what can I tell you, man? What, what can I tell you? We got anything else on the show? I check in who's slinging some recharge. Put Guru on the spot. Hey, uh, Grow yeah. Warehouse in Puerto Rico. It's cool. It's cool. It's all the way over in Puerto Rico. I love that. It's going. Oh, be they're kind of they're kind of killing it over there too. Apparently, there's a lot of really good growers in Puerto Rico. Who'd have known? Huh? My friend is over there right now. Maybe I'll tell him to score some weed. Puerto Rico. I think we've got some news coming up about, uh, I don't know if it involves Puerto Rico, but on Monday's Wake and Bake, man, we got some good news. we got some good content. Go over to youtube.com forward slash Wake and Bake America. And that was where uh, you will be able to find your shows uh, for Wake and Bake. So yes. Before I keep rambling on, Scotty, we better get ready to put it in the bag and do some shout outs that we're just going to do off. We're going to free, freelance the shout outs. I'm going to give it up to two Canadian DGC, Grouse Grove and Super Lemonade. What up? Oh my gosh. I'll just have to go right to the Pacific Northwest and give it up to JR Token and Unka Jim. How about that? I'm going to hit up Sativas, another Canadian BBC, and then I'll go way down south. What up, Jay Maestro? Hope you're good. Oh, man, I was just going to shout out my boy, Jay. Ah, stolen. I got Van <laughs> Ripster, and I will give to Mad Max and Warehouse Kyle. How about those guys, man? They're actually helping me clip these days, man. It's going to be all right. All right, and lastly, I'll hit up James Bean. Hope you're doing good, buddy. Absolutely. He's out. Take your easy day. Some people love to blaze up the deck. Yeah, we get happy for noon. And when the boss says is to take a little break, that means we're lighting up a dude. It's just weed. It's just weed. I like to keep the good buzz on, on, on. It's just weed. It's just weed. In my toolbox, there's a bomb. to do They shake their heads at natural medicine Go ahead and try something new It's just weed It's just weed I like to keep the good on It's just weed It's just weed I like to smoke it all day long Yeah.